I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Also, as always, it's great. Great. Today we are chatting about From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Well, I think this is the only thing I read this week. Oh, I finished. What was I reading last time? <clears throat> I don't know. Was your keeper? Because <laughs> um, I did finish one. Um, I... So this week I was home <clears throat> from work a few days um, for being sick and not the big sick uh, or uh, that's cancer, not, <laughs> um, not Corona, but just your old fashioned sinus infection. Um, so I listened to all of The Temptation of a Highlander by Elisa Braden, right. which is the third, um, and most recent book in that series. Um, and I really liked that one a lot. I think it's, um, it's much more angsty than the first one. Um, but, uh, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. She, she's got like... The heroine has, like, a stalker. Yeah. And, um, you know, this big strapping Highlander has to protect her. Yeah, he does. Which is I'm it, into. Is it a stalker from, like, the other story? Like, from the story arc? Um, no. Okay. Just curious. Well, because it seems like... Um, okay, so the first book um, is... Okay... No. The first book is Annie... And the English guy. Yes. And then the second book is the English guy's sister who shows up and starts um, falling, forming an attachment with one of the Highlander brothers, Annie, one of Annie's brothers. Um, and it seems that uh, the English guy's sisters have all been in a series prior to right. this one. And Kate who is the heroine of the second book, shows up and she's got all these friends that seem like maybe they were in the previous series as well. I'm not entirely sure. Don't quote me on this. Having not read the previous series. <clears throat> Correct. Um, but it just kind of seems like that. And so then her friend shows up in the third book and also forms an attachment with one of the... Well... But she comes to Scotland because she's trying to get away from this, like, really persistent suitor yeah. who um, is starting to, like, kill pets and things like that. Oh. That's, yeah. <clears throat> that's unfortunate. Yes. And so, um, you know, then, like, he marries her to protect her and they fall in love and, um, you know, there's a very mustache twirly villain and so if that sounds up your alley, then I would recommend continuing to read that series because I enjoyed all of it. I finished reading, because I think I'd started it, um, A Treacherous Trade, which is the second book oh. in the um, Fiona, Fiona Mahoney series by Kerrigan Byrne. And I really enjoy those books. This one was even better than the I'll first one. i to read them. Um, yeah, I do like them. And then I read... <laughs> This 630-page book, or how many pages <laughs> Yes. Um, that is a thing that happened as well. Um, and then, I don't know. We watched a lot of stuff when I was sick, but to me, it's all kind of like yeah, I don't think we a watched... NyQuil and DayQuil-drenched haze. Um, well, and nothing was consistent. We watched some episodes of Happy Endings. We watched some murder, murder shows. shows. We did watch The Moon Knight. 
Yes. We liked that. Yep. And? The first episode of that. Um... We talked about last. We watched Lassie, Belfast. Lassie. We did watch Belfast. That was very good. Um, which, if you want to just be like charmed off your feet by Jamie Dornan <laughs> in black and white, yeah. then um, this is maybe the movie for you because yeah. he sings again, again, <laughs> and um, he looks really good in his like period garb, you know. Yeah, in his sixties garb. Yeah, um, he's just making it work. Uh, I think that's kind of kind of covers it. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Like I said, it's all a bit of a haze this week for well, me. Well, it's been a very patchwork thing. There wasn't anything we just sat down and binged or watched consistently. Yeah. Um, and I have to take a big test this week, so I don't get to have any fun this week. Even though it is my spring break, I have to spend it taking a freaking test. And I still have to work two days, so... And I don't have to do anything. There's nothing that's required of me, except I have to read books. Oh, poor you. Yeah. Hey, I did my, I did my penance. <laughs> um, okay. Today we are chatting about From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. It is the first book in her Blood and Ash series. The fourth book, The War of Two Queens, came out this past month, and it is set to be followed... Yeah. By two more books. Gosh, and they're all like 700-page books. <laughs> um, here is the back cover description for the first book that we read from Blood and Ash. Chosen from birth to usher in a new era, Poppy's life has never been her own. The life of the maiden is solitary, never to be touched, never to be looked upon, never to be spoken to, never to experience pleasure. Waiting for the day of her ascension, she would rather be with the guards fighting back the evil that took her family than preparing to be found worthy by the gods, but the choice has never been hers. The entire kingdom's future rests on Poppy's shoulders, something she's not even quite sure she wants for herself, because a maiden has a heart and a soul and longing, and when Hawk, a golden-eyed guard, honor-bound to ensure her ascension, enters her life, Destiny and duty become ent become tangled with desire and need. He incites her anger, makes her question everything she believes in, and tempts her with the forbidden. Forsaken by the gods and feared by mortals, a fallen kingdom is rising once more, determined to take back what they believe is theirs through violence and vengeance. And as the shadow of those cursed draws closer, the line between what is forbidden and what is right becomes blurred. Poppy is not only on the verge of losing her heart and being found unworthy by the gods, but also her life when every blood-soaked thread that holds her world together begins to unravel. Yeah, it does. Mom, what did you think of From Blood and Ash? Well, here's the deal, Ellen. I don't know that everyone's going to agree with me on this, but I love these books. And it pisses me off that there are six of them, and they're so freaking long. But I loved it the first time I read it. I loved it this time I read it. I get that there's, I get that he's not the perfect hero, and I get that she's not the perfect heroine. I get that there's all kinds of, you know, plot holes in the story or whatever. But I just love getting lost in this world she's created. Yeah. Um, I think I'll give it a love as well. I, um, I will say... Um, because we, you know, we both have read it before and, um, this time around, I... Did you read it very carefully? Did you read every word? <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, did I not. <laughs> um, I was, and you know, I've, I've, uh, glanced at some of the reader, com uh, listener comments and a lot of them have to do with the very dense world building, um, and how that is kind of off-putting to some people. Um, I didn't notice it as much this time because I didn't I notice it really either. I don't over a lot. <laughs> well, I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't skip over it, but I think it's kind of peeled away. Yeah, in a way that it's not. It's not like it's just dumped all on you at one time. Yeah, because you really start out thinking, I don't know what's going on here, and then it just kind of peels away layer by layer. Yeah, you know, as you find out about her being a maid, and then you know, all the twists and turns that come about. Yes. I, I will agree with that. I think, um, you know, and I have a question about the world building, but I do think, um, the way that she does it and, you know, she introduces this world, but then, and it's kind of 
you have a vague kind of understanding of what's going on and then you kind of get more details as you go along and then those details start to get a little well wait a second <laughs> well twisted and turned yeah. and and it gets even more bonkers as you get further into the series I mean, I know you've, did you say you've read I've the read the two? second one, but I haven't read the third one or the okay. fourth one, obviously. But. Well, I've, I've read up through the third one and I'm rereading the second one right now, but, um. You should just stop though. Cause if the, if the other, if this isn't the end of the series, you're just going to get pissed off again. I am. But maybe if I've read them twice, I won't have to reread them all over again when the next one comes out. Okay. But, um. <laughs> but I won't, I'll, I'll forget everything again. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I, I think. For as much world building needs that needs to be done because it's a completely different world than what we're used to, I think they do a pretty good job. I I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay, what did you think of Poppy or the Maiden or Penelope, Penelope. as our heroine? Um, I kind of like her because she's kind of a badass. And yeah. I, I love, I, I truly, I was talking to Ellen the other day, I love the part where um, when it all kind of goes crazy and they're attacked at the right... And um, she pulls out her dagger and she pulls out her dagger and just starts going to town. And, and everyone's looking at her like, what is happening? What? And she's like, yeah, I'm a badass. I've been a badass for a long time. And you guys just need to deal with it. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is me. <laughs> this is who I am. And also when she goes up on the wall and fighting the Craven, you know, when they start coming over the wall and, and um, Hawk is there and, uh, you know, he's watching her. And I just I, I really love. How he just like antagonizes her because he loves getting her all riled up. <laughs> he's, he's into it, and, and she thinks he's twisted because of that. But yeah, but she's also into that a little bit. Yeah, too. she likes that he likes it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's really great. I'm I'm very impressed with how Jennifer L. Armentrout, um, how she makes her super badass, but also still very naive, and you still buy it. Yeah, you know. Um, because, you know, she's this very sheltered, obviously, um, but doesn't want to be sheltered and has spent all of her sheltered time training to be this awesome fighter. And um, so, I don't know, she's kind of like this ball of contradictions, but, um, you know, wants more for herself and recognizes that, like, her situation is kind of twisted and weird and... Um, well, she's very um, naive about stuff because she's a maiden or yeah. the maiden, and um, uh, but she's had to deal with a lot of crap. Even though you know she's been sheltered, she's really not been sheltered. Is that fair to say? I mean, she's been sheltered sexually, obviously. Yeah. Except for the weird. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that too. Yeah, except for the weird groping, but. Um, uh, so she's had to deal with a lot of crap, even though she's been sheltered. So I think that's all made her really strong. And then, you know, her needing to, her learning to defend herself and, and just really working hard at that and just not wanting to have to be dependent on anyone to save her, being able to save herself because yeah, of well, her, uh, the attack. That, yeah, the attack that she experienced as a child on her parents that took, you know, her parents. And she's just like, I'm not going to be left defenseless again. Like yeah. that's not going to be me again. And, um, yeah, I think she's, I think she's really a cool character. And, um, uh, I totally side with her in the later part of the book where she's pissed off because. Yeah. I mean, I totally get why she gets pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. And, and you know, in some ways, I'm like, you're giving in too early. I would have been pissed yeah, off longer. She gets, but he them. is hot. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> <there's> that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Let's um, cut her some slack. Yeah. I, I thought she's, I think she's a really cool character. And, um, I really like her and her friendship with, uh, Tawny. I loved Tawny. I love Tawny. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. I want to know more about, like, her brother and... And I haven't even found out any of that yet. Yeah. But I'm hoping in the next book, I, they make it to... The, actually make it to the Capitol and, and we find out what's up with her brother and Tawny and everybody else. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Hawk? Question mark. Hawk? <laughs> As our hero. Um, 
Okay. I get that Hawk is kind of broken and he's coming from a broken place. And the things he's trying to do are because of bad crap that's happened. And in fact, later on in the books, he explains more about what went on and and you're like, holy crap. And um, like centuries of abuse. Well, decades, 50 years. Yeah, whatever. Um, But yeah. And so, you know, I cut him a little slack for that. And truly, I mean, he has, like, the dissenters who follow him. I guess we should say spoiler alert, because we're going to get into stuff that... Very spoily. Yeah. Especially for this first book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he is not telling them what to do. They're acting on their own. So yeah. it's not like he brought about these things. He was just trying to help the people, and they revolted kind of on their own. Yeah. And, um... Well, some of it. Some of it was him. Some of it was him, yes. And I think, like, when Rylan got killed... But even that... No, not... I'm not saying Rylan, but, like, the first guard... Yeah, and the, the guards that get killed... The Rylan was with also him. sort of his fault, I guess, but... Um, not exactly... Well... Because well, he told Jericho to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jericho. Yeah, Jericho's a bad guy. Bit of a dick. But, um... <clears throat> Anyway, yes, there's stuff about Castiel that is bad. But the thing is, is as the books go on, she kind of helps him heal more and come around and become better. We should say that early on, there's this concept of the Dark One that is revealed. And um, it's he is the prince of the... Atlantean. Atlantia. Atlanteans or whatever, how you want to say it. Um, and, you know, he's kind of feared and he's kind of like the boogeyman of this society. And he gets blamed for every bad thing that happens. In, yes. Like, anytime anything goes wrong, it's because of the Dark One for some reason. Yes. Um, and, spoiler alert, it's Hawk. <laughs> And his name isn't really Hawk. And his name is not really Hawk. Um, and his name is Castiel. 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 I always, I always say call Castiel, Castiel because of Supernatural. Supernatural. I do the um, same exact thing. Castiel. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's a thing. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, yes, he does... Well, and let's let's save some of this talk about the reveal, I guess, because that's a question that I have for later. Because okay, but he's pretty hot. He does sound very hot. He's um, they're very bantery together, which I like. Yeah. Um, especially because I was really kind of skimming and reading just like a lot of the dialogue, like mainly the dialogue. Um. Uh, yes, they're very bantery and. Um, have kind of fun repartee. Yes. Um, and like you said, he's very into... He likes to talk saucy. He likes to get her riled up. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, yeah. And so that's all fun. Um, and also it's pretty, like, hot how protective he is of her. Um, I'm into that. He's very protective. Almost... Too protective. Well, it's funny because it's kind of either way. He likes her to go off and fight. He likes, you know, her fighting and protecting herself. He lets her do that kind of stuff. But, um, like, he doesn't. But especially, like, when they're, um, when, you know, he's technically her guard, he takes his job very seriously. He does. And um, kind of more seriously than some of her other guards. So let's talk about that. Okay. Um, Actually... Let's first talk about the world building, which we kind of already talked about. But what did you think of the world building, the world that's created, all of that? Well, I like it. And I like how it's, um, because in the back of your mind, when they're talking about the Ascended, Mm -hmm. you're thinking, these people sound like vampires. (laughs) Yeah. Because they don't go out at night, or during the day, they only come out at night. Yeah. And, um, but it's never alluded to that. It's never called vampires. And the, there's never... The they blood never, sucking is never... Brought up as a, a thing. thing. Yeah. Um, and, it's just that they don't go out at night because that's what the gods the don't go gods out at. The gods don't like to go out at night. Yeah. But that's... <clears throat> it's even all, that's not accurate information. That's just 
crap they tell people. Yeah, and that's, like, for most of the book, like, into 75% of the book, yeah. you know, until you start getting the 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 real untold story. Um, and it's especially interesting because I've been studying right now um, teaching history and teaching social studies. Accurate history. And how, um, you know... Our perspective of history can't be the only one that we teach. You have to teach, like, all perspectives of history kind of thing, you know, and... Um, Which is harder to do because you were brought up on one perspective. Exactly. But, um, you know, if you're teaching about Christopher Columbus, you can't just teach Christopher Columbus's side of the story kind of thing. <laughs> um, and, in fact, that should be or maybe... white America's side of the story. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and so... It's kind of hand in hand with this is that she it grows up in this society where it's the ascension and, um, you know, uh, it's the gods have favored her and, you know, because she's the maid. And, and you still don't at the end of this book, you still don't know exactly what's going on with her. Um, I do. I, I know. Stuff. I know some more, too, <laughs> but we're not talking about that. Um, and then... When Hawk reveals himself in more ways than one. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, and he starts telling her kind of what he says is really going on, which is that the Ascended are vampire, And they're taking the second and third born children. Yeah, which I knew something was going on with yeah, that. You knew that wasn't, yeah, something that, was wrong. That was a little hinky. And um, especially when people were like, are you never are see our children and people are starting to say fighting them on it and but yes. then you begin to find out all the terrible stuff they were doing and it's I mean they're drinking the blood of children yeah Ooh. and turning them into little vampire monsters little cravens yeah um and Hawk is really the prince of the He's At, the dark one. The dark one of the Atlanteans, which are kind of vampire. They have like traits of vampires. Not vampires, but they're they have, they're immortal. They're immortal. They're, they drink blood, and their blood can heal. And their which blood is can heal. Kind of vampire. They drink blood, but they only drink the blood of other Atlanteans. Yeah. They don't drink mortal blood because it doesn't do anything for them. They have to drink the blood of other Atlanteans. Yeah. And um, and they don't have to do it very often. Like, they don't have to do it as often as the vampire yeah. do. Um, so, anyway, it's this it is very dense world building. And especially because you learn all this world building and then, you know, at 75% find out that it's all bullshit. <laughs> it's <And> all wrong. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> struggling to keep up. Um, but I do think... I like the world she builds, and, um, you know, she uses enough ideas that we're familiar with. Yeah. Uh, you know, like vampires and, and wolven, but makes them her own. And or wolven are least, like werewolves, in yeah. case you were wondering. <laughs> in case you couldn't guess. Um, and, yeah, I especially like when it all starts to get revealed more of what actually is going on. And, you know, you do get more of it in the second book, especially. And, um, so it's dense. I, I agree, but I, I like it. And I think, you know, we're, we're more into this kind of dense world building. I mean, if you talk to my brothers, that's like <laughs> their friggin' bread and butter. Um, and so, I'm into it, um, but I can definitely see people being like, "Oi, oi, oi," because it's a lot. Well, and and as you get into more books too, there's more travels, and you have to kind of keep track of where everything is. And I will say though, it's like it's at least still anachronistic enough to where, um, it still feels like accessible because like you read some fantasy with like yeah. the high fantasy, and it's just like, okay, so it's crazy intense world building, and then on top of that, they talk like. Old Englishy yeah. and you know all that, and it's like, oh yes. So it's written. It's actually kind of. It's written in a very kind of modern, yeah, dialect. Yeah, and um, yeah. I I don't know. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like it too. I get that and it's not everyone's cup of tea, but um, it's mine. Yeah, I get into it. 
Um, okay, let's talk kind of what we alluded to earlier about the Duke and Lord oh Mazine and the ignoring of it all, which kind of bugs me. Um, yeah. I don't like... So Victor is her guard that is like her father figure and he's been with her like basically her whole life. Well, since and she was, when she, was she 13 or something? Something like that. When she came And to um, like he's the one that trains her to, you know, be an awesome fighter and... Um, but... So this Duke <laughs> finds any excuse to punish her and I'm Pun- using quotes and... I mean, for the stupidest things, like, yeah. like she can't, she can, she can't do anything right because he's just looking for a reason to bring her in. Yeah. And he makes her strip down to basically nothing, basically nothing on the top. Yeah. And, um, whips her with a cane. Yeah. And then after he's done this for a few years, then his little friend, Lord Mazine starts uh-huh. showing up. Starts showing up and likes to watch him do this to her. And she has to just stand there and take this humiliation while these guys... Whip her and then also, like, feel around a bit Well, and well. yeah. And so she, like, would try to cover herself with her hands while he, she's getting whipped. And then Lord Mazine would come over and make her put her hands down on the table. And it's like, oh, you are a sick bastard. Yeah. Yeah. They are gross. Really gross. And, and so... And Victor... Hasn't well. Victor knows this is going on because he's had to help heal her from yeah. her beatings on multiple occasions. Yeah, and never says or does anything. Yeah. So here, spoiler alert: I don't like that Victor dies, but I like that she gets an apology for that. Yes, because and he says, "I'm sorry." He keeps saying, "I'm sorry," and she's like, "What? You don't need to apologize for anything." And then he looks at Lord Mazine, and she's like, "Oh, that's what you're sorry about." <laughs> so he's sorry he never did anything. And Hawk, <laughs> I'm into the second book, so I don't call him hawk that much anymore yeah um and hawk is just pissed that no one's ever done anything to help her with this and so uh spoiler alert but the duke dies with his cane shoved through his heart (laughs) and i can't say i was sorry about that no and neither can she um (laughs) yeah and then she goes apeshit and ends up killing lord Lord and yeah and that's Awesome. Yeah. She's cutting awesome. off limbs. She cuts <laughs> off his head. And everyone's just watching. And she's like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> and I don't feel sorry about it. Um, and they're all just like, we're just going to brush that onto the rug. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, as as soon as, um, you know, uh, Hawk Castile, Castile I call him Castile. Um, as soon as he starts kind of like questioning what's really going on with her lessons with the Duke, I'm like, oh, he's going to find out and he's going to be pissed. <laughs> yes. um, and that's exactly how that went down. Yeah, and he ends up, you know, really giving the Duke what for. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. It is. And <laughs> um, yeah. So here's my, here's my quibble, um, which I don't know. I think... I'm kind of glad she didn't go down this route, but I kind of wonder how authentic it is. If she had been going through all of this with the Duke and Lord Mazine, don't you think she'd have some, like, uh, intimacy issues? Or, like... Apparently not. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Um, I'm not saying she has to. And I, you know... God willing would hope she wouldn't, but I know that it's more authentic if, um, you know, she has some, some intimacy issues. I would, well, I think just being sequestered the way she was and, and yeah, would make her have, would make her have some issues. Um, I don't know. It's a fantasy book. You just go with what they give you. I know. But do you, do you understand? I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, also kind of related, I do love, and this is kind of another thing that, makes you know that he's going to lose his mind when he finds out what the Duke's been doing to her. But when Hawk steps in on the priestess, like, slapping her, and he's like, my job is to protect her, and you slapping her for absolutely no reason, you know, is not going to fly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she loved it, but then she was really afraid that the Duke was going to find out, and she would get in trouble. But, you know, Hawk takes care of that before it it becomes an issue. It wasn't a problem. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, so we've uh, definitely kind of 
talked about it already, but let's talk about the big reveal. Did you see it coming? Uh, what do you think about how it goes down? About Hawk? Yeah. Um, or I wasn't sure if you're talking about Hawk or the, all the Ascended or Vampires or... Well, all of that. In, all of it. In... Um, I think... Well, I definitely saw that Hawk was going to end up being... Because even before he tells her, they've hinted at it and people are calling him... Well, your highness. And... Okay, even before, like, here's the thing. And I even remember this from my first time reading it. As soon, I don't remember which comes second and which comes first. I think she meets him at the Red at Pearl, Pearl. And I'm like, okay, this guy's pretty swoony. All right, cool. And then the idea of the Dark One is introduced. As soon as that happened on my first reading, I was like, Okay, so the this guard gonna turn so out to the be guard the is going to be the dark one, <laughs> <laughs> especially because they kept talking about how you know he came out of nowhere yeah. and you know is climbing up the ladder really fast and nobody knows anything about where he came from. I'm like, okay, so he's the dark one, um, obviously, and I remember thinking that on my first reading, so I just kept waiting for that to happen, and um. So this is where he kind of pisses me off. Um, she has every right to be pissed off. She should have been pissed off longer, like we talked about. Um, I wish that he hadn't slept with her. I felt the same way. In fact, when I was reading this time, I was like, I can't remember if he sleeps with her after he tells her who she is, he is, or before. Well, both, but. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, but I really wish that he had waited to sleep with her until after she knew exactly who he was. Yes. Agreed. And, you know... Because that's always going to bother us. Yeah. And, you know, he has that line where after they've had this, like, really sweet, intimate sex scene, and he says, like, just remember that this is th this is The real. way you feel. And that, you know, like, when things start to happen, that we had this moment. And it's like... And then in hindsight, I'm like, you bastard. Like, yeah. you should have told her. <laughs> Um, and she shouldn't have had to find out the way she did. And, um, also because he hints at it, and then I know he tells her in later books, but, um, I wish that he would have made his stance on everything being real to him between them in this book. Certainly before he said he was going to marry her. And yeah. certainly... They should have had the marriage discussion before he went out there. Because I'm, you know, a good chunk into the second book, and he still hasn't explained to her why he is so... I mean, I know why he wants to marry her, and he's got this whole plan in his head. Yeah. But um, he, he takes so long to explain that to her, and it's just like, dude, she's not a moron. Let her... Under, help her to understand where you're coming from and yeah. don't just be so haughty about everything. And I think, like, you know, she does, the author does it for, like, dramatic effect exactly. and all that and, stuff. And it but... causes more fights and banter between them. And, yeah. um, but it's just frustrating because it's, like, it just makes him seem way more asshole-ish yeah. and, like... Um, and taking advantage of this 19-year-old girl, 18-year-old girl who's never had any of this stuff be a thing. Yeah. And, yeah, just the, the sleeping with her, especially because that's, like, obviously such a big deal for her, given her history. Yeah. Um, and then, like, her finding out that he's, like, this completely different person, like, basically her sworn and enemy. And locking her up again, which is what he's tried so hard to get her away from. And then you're just sticking, which is her argument too, is that you're yeah. just putting me in another cage. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of people locking me up and taking away my choices and taking away my yeah. life from me. He seems to try to like rectify that, but you know, it's, but agreed. It's not, it's too little too late. And also like not well, enough. You think he would read the room a little better with what she's been through in her life. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, like what he should have done is, slipped all of the other guards, not killed them, and told her what was going on. Yeah. But obviously that's not how shit went down. No. Um but like we talked about with the world with like the world building and stuff, I do I do find it very interesting when he starts telling her like everything that's really going on. Like I thought I think that stuff is all 
cool. Yeah, I think it's interesting too. And I, and her puzzling it all through in her head, and it's like, there's no way. You know, at first she's like, there's no way, and then she's like, oh, yeah, I can see maybe how that's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, that is a little weird that that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and then as she as the books go on, and they she finds out what they were going to do with her because it wasn't going to be pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm conflicted about how all that goes down because I think, I think what it does for like the progression of the story is cool, but, um, that for the interpersonal stuff, it pisses me off a little bit. Well, and that's why, you know, I cut him some slack because, you know, he's coming from a part he, cause he went into this whole plan with, okay, we're going to kidnap the maiden. We're going to hold her for ransom, and I'm going to get my brother back. Yeah. And then he falls in love with her. He falls in love with her, as as they are wont to do. They want to do in a romance book. And um, so now he's got, so he's coming at this, so he's kind of conflicted on what needs to happen now. And then that's kind of where the book But so he needs to just, like, explain that to her. Yeah. And at least in this book, he should have a conversation with her where he says, straight up, like, Listen, I know I've been lying to you about who I am, but I need you to understand that, like, everything that happened between us, like, on a personal and sexual level is straight up, you know? Yeah. Like, it takes I'm into a, you. It takes him a long time to have that conversation. Yeah, I know her. it does. <laughs> and I remember it frustrating me in the second book as well. Um, so, that is a thing. That is a thing. And that is a little irritating. <clears throat> but, yeah. You know. It adds to the drama. Drama, yeah. drama, drama. Um, okay. Let's talk about sex, baby. Uh, uh. Um, so, they they have it. They do. It's a bit of a slow burn in that it's, it's 600, <laughs> 600 pages before you get to it. Not not 600 not so. before you get there. But, um, but it is towards the end of the book. Um, they, I mean... So the book does start with them having a make out. Yeah. Um, so that is first right off the bat. (laughs) That's like the thing that opens the book. Um, and you know, they have a lot of, uh, sexual tension knee build up, like we said with the banter. Um, I will say, I think personally the hottest scene is him fingering her, uh, <laughs> while they're out on the, out in the woods. Yeah. Uh, um, everyone around them. <laughs> yeah. Karen actually knowing what's happening. <laughs> oh, that whole thing gets yeah, really weird. You need to get to the third book. Well. Cause I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I hear it gets weirder in the fourth book, mom. Oh, oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. This okay. whole bonding thing with the yeah. wolven and the, yeah. and the Atlanteans is like, yeah, well, that's quite the bond. If this is the way it goes down, <laughs> they're very bonded. Um, you know, in a kind of what's mine is yours way. It, yeah, it gets a little weird. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. They. Uh. They have that, and then they have sex before she knows who he is. Yeah. And then when she finds out who he is, they like exchange blood. I was gonna and say apparently fluid. that. I don't even know if you can call it an aphrodisiac. It's like, hit me again now. <laughs> yeah, it's a hit me again with your other fluids. <laughs> um, because it really just makes her hot and ready for yeah. that. It gets worse. Okay. I really, I need you to read the third book. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, uh, so there's quite a bit of, I mean, I, I think... In my, well, I can't even say that, but especially for, like, a book that's so dense in the world building, I think it's, like, the steamiest of those books that I've read. Pretty steamy. Um, because they, they get after it, you know? Um, what is your spooniest moment? gosh dang. Um, I always forget to think about this. Am I twisted if I say it's when he killed the Duke? Because that is pretty spoony. (laughs) But I think my spooniest moment is actually the willow. Just because, like... I was thinking about that, too. You stole mine. Um, (laughs) Because the imagery of, like... It made me really just want to make out under a willow, like, really badly, you know? Because that's pretty, like, hot. Especially because it's, like, all dark and... 
dark, but he can see and she can't. Yeah, and like mysterious and. Um, there were a lot of Sweeney parts in that section where he's protecting her, and I mean, even the thing with the priestess is kind of Sweeney, where he's like, "You're yeah. not going to hit her." Yeah, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So there's a lot of Swoon- little Sweeney parts in there. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's hear. Like I said, from. Some of the listeners who felt a little differently than us. I know. Um, and I, that's I just okay. glanced. I don't usually glance, but I glanced this time. I was like, oh, no one's going to agree with me. Um, Anna says, oh, no, I'm the first comment, and I have capital T thoughts that will probably put me in the minority, but I'm not a huge ha- huge fan of this series. I did compulsively, compulsively read this one and book two, but book three three entirely lost me. I haven't read past book three, nor do I plan to. But without spoiling future books in the series, here are my thoughts on book one. I almost DNF'd, but then Hawk showed up and I was completely sucked into the book via his hotness. Uh, The repetitive and juvenile arguments between Poppy and Hawk were maddening. You care about me. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I felt like they kept having the same conversation over and over again, but I was so invested in the plot, I couldn't stop reading. I found some things pretty predictable, but the thing, but the kind of satisfying way where it's fun to have guessed correctly. (laughs) That's true. Uh, I was a little spoiled for the big reveal at the end, but I wasn't mad about it. I didn't particularly love how it played out. Um, I thought he was kind of a jerk to her. Yeah. But there is a scene, I think, at the beginning of book two that made me feel a little better about it. I'm trying to guess. I'm trying to think what that would have been. I just read the beginning of book two and I can't... Um, I feel like better editing would have really improved this book. That's, I mean, I think that about every book, to be honest. Um, I did think Hawk was a dreamy hero, and I loved that Poppy was good at fighting. Overall, I did enjoy the action and the romance in this book, even though some things were very frustrating. And my non-spoilery thoughts on the rest of the series, I liked book two better than book one, and some of the repetitive arguments seemed to drop off one-third through. Again, all the books in this series would be vastly improved by better editing to remove repetitive conversations. Uh, there is a running joke where people make fun of Poppy for asking questions, and it made me mad every time. It's so condescending, especially because she doesn't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> well, and it's a way of explaining to us stuff, too, you know. Yeah. She's asking them questions about stuff that we don't know, and so it kind of helps explain things to us. This, I do agree with this. Uh, Honeydew gives me a full body shudder of revulsion. <laughs> All the time when they compare it to fruit. Yeah, this is this is a conversation we've had before. <laughs> Refer to Dark Glover. Dark Glover. But yes, the, I don't know. Mainly just because it makes me feel very insecure about, like, what I think I have going on down there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it tastes anything like honeydew. <laughs> well, honeydew is my favorite fruit, so that would be okay. Um, certain characters act with such impulsivity. It was frustrating to witness, and eventually I stopped caring in book three. Um, there are a lot of great elements to the series, but I felt like the execution was lacking. Um, Anna, your, in- your, your thoughts are interesting because it's like you seem to enjoy some of it, but enough to read three books and these are not friggin' short books. <laughs> no. Um, it's an investment. But like you have like a love hate relationship with it, which I get. Um, Arthur sent in an email and he says, hi, Ellen and mom from blood and ash was one of the books I remember picking up when I came out of my reading slump two and a half years ago. I've been following the rest of the series since then for the first book specifically. I give it a love. It does kick off slowly and engage in plenty of exposition dumping, but I've always been drawn into the story. Thanks to the rootable nature of Poppy and new, a new adult fantasy heroine who fiercely pursues her life, loyally defends her friends and fancies erotic literature. Yeah, she does. She does. And that is also a running joke through the book. (laughs) Uh, As for Hawk, I enjoy their chemistry and snarky banter. It gets complicated when we learn his true identity as Prince Castile, and it definitely feels like such a betrayal, particularly with how he takes away Poppy's agency at the end of the twisty plot. Development of their relationship over the series gradually gets me back on board for them, though. I appreciate the fact that Victor is depicted as a caring father figure who has flaws that humanize him and makes his death all the more heartbreaking. It's true. I mean, I was very sad when Victor died. 
um, despite him not having her back with the freaking Duke. Speaking of, Arthur continues, the Duke being suspended with his cane stabbed through his chest is deliciously satisfying moment. Poppy slashing up the creep maggot that is Lord Mazine carries a shocking amount of catharsis too. As much as I love the detailed world building, it can be a uh, it can be too dense at times. I also don't care for the anachronistically modern slang, which feels quite jarring in this medieval setting. I agree. But also, it's like fantasy, so it's like they can do whatever the hell they yeah. want, I guess. Um, my last comment is on the cover art, which stands out in comparison to other fantasy competitors. It's my personal favorite out of all the covers in the Blood and Ash series. Um, sincerely, Arthur. Uh, I do always get these books and the From Court of thorn and roses mixed up mainly it's just because or i don't know it's like two a, things a noun and a noun <laughs> court thorn roses from blood and ash i don't know just very confusing to me you guys know i have a hard enough time and mom especially has a hard enough i time. do have a hard time i in fact to the point where i just don't keep them separate that's true she doesn't she was asking me she's like which one is this and i'm like okay um Jason says, I didn't love it, but I really liked this book. Hawk was a decent enough hero. I mean, besides killing people close to her, kidnapping her, and then announcing they were getting married without even discussing it with her, he was okay. Unfortunately, the author didn't do a great job of hiding that he was the dark one, so I spent the whole book waiting for him to betray her. Agreed. Um, for the most part, I like Poppy. I thought that a lot of her unwise actions were due to her being kept so isolated. Now, I know that as a male reader of romance, I sometimes have lamented the forgiving nature of the heroines, but let's be honest here. Poppy seems sees him kill her guards right in front of her, learns that he had a hand in killing Rylan in front of her as well as the guard that died before him. He has betrayed her and lied to her, but she gets so horny after stabbing him that she just has to have sex in the woods. I just expected better from the character, as in hold a damn grudge, please, but I am planning to read the next one. Well, she does hold a grudge. She kind of hate F's him. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, it's true. <clears throat> yeah, I mean... And I do appreciate that um, Castile is like, you're going to regret this, you know. And <laughs> the next she's like, I don't care. Let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, I do recall that she's still uh, a bit bitter. Yeah. She's, um, she's angry for quite a while. Yeah. <clears throat> but. But it didn't stop her from sexing him up in the woods. <laughs> in yeah. the snow, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was pretty hot, too. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Kaz. Sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> Apparently I have a thing, like I have an outdoor kink because <laughs> every time there's sex outdoors, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of into that. Well, sex outdoors is good. Just the fresh air feel. But in the snow, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, agreed. Uh, especially. You agreed. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't know. Okay. <laughs> There's something you need to tell me. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> um, you better tell me. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> Cassie says, this book wasn't for me. I read it about a year ago and didn't actively dislike it. I just didn't really care for it. The relationship between Poppy and Hawk felt like it was mostly based on sexual attraction. True. And I felt like the romance was sacrificed for the sake of world building. Um. Uh, I mean, I would guess I would say it was mostly based on sexual attraction, but they do have, like, some good moments as well. Well, there's the fingering in the woods. <laughs> Speaking of the fingering in the woods, she's been on a horse for the first time in her life all day long. <laughs> She'd be, like, numb down there. <laughs> and I'd be like, don't touch me there. <laughs> don't touch me anywhere down here. That's a good point. <laughs> She'd be like, are you doing something? There's <laughs> something going on because I can't feel anything. I'm numb from the waist <laughs> down. Um, but I do think they have some, like, there's, uh, in my opinion, there's some, like, actual deep connection because of, like, the connections that they have about being imprisoned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think there's enough, I think there's enough for me moments of, that kind of stuff. Well, and he even says the first time he sees her, he feels a connection, which I think is an Atlantean thing. But yeah. um, uh, he's, he wants to hit that. Like, well, but that's that's not... <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to say, because she was saying it's only based on sexual attraction. I think there's a little more to it. Oh. But you are not... Uh, 
well, uh, aiding me in my, <laughs> my, I think there's both. I mean, I do too, for sure. But I think there was enough of also actual, you know, deep attraction that, um, well, I don't think it would be, I don't think she would just want to hit it just because he was a good looking guy. I think that there's more to it because of the way he treats her. I mean, there's definitely a connection. And, treat, and the way that he, like, sees her as more than the maiden, which yeah. is, like, the, I mean, and granted, low freaking bar, but um, it's, like, the first person ever to treat her like that. Like and a so, human being and not just, like, the maiden. Yeah. And, um, and he takes care of that maiden thing, so. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's not, not an that's issue. A non, that's a non-issue. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cassie continues, uh, she said it was mostly based on sexual attraction, and it felt like the romance was sacrificed for the sake of world building. Possibly a first book-itis problem with fantasy novels? I would say so. Um, that's me. Also, I felt, like, kind of confused for the first half of the book and bored until the last 25%. I think it could have been used some editing. I remember thinking that I would try to power through the series to see if I liked it better, but I never did. And after seeing all the complaints about books three and four in the series, I'm glad I didn't. Hmm. Now I want to read three and four. Well, I read three. Now I want to read four just because I want to see why everyone's so up in arms about it. <laughs> well, apparently it gets a little crazy. I'll, I'll talk to you about it later <laughs> from what I've read. <laughs> Um, Victoria says, I might have to accept that fantasy books aren't for me. It took me three days to get through chapter one, and now I'm 10% in. It's not bad, but I don't think I have patience for all the world building in these books. Maybe I'll finish it during break week. It's true. I mean, like, it could be just that fantasy books just aren't everybody's cup of tea. And I get that. But I loved it. Yeah. Ashley says, I read this longer, uh, I read this longer than three days ago, so I can't remember all of it. <laughs> Ashley Amen, girl. sister. Yeah. But it got it got three stars from me on Goodreads, so I know I didn't hate it. It was it was good, but very slow for me in a lot of spots. So I skimmed more than normal. I know there is a world building aspect for a multi book series, but I swear there were times where I read five pages without any dialogue between characters. Yeah, it was interesting enough for me to continue to the next book to the next books, which I've really enjoyed. Saw the plot twists coming, though, so no surprises. An overall like for me, but definitely not a love. I actually prefer the Flesh and Fire series, although it's a prequel and fairly similar. It's a two-book series. The second book is coming out in the fall. And Have I not read it? No, you haven't. <sighs> There's another noun and noun book? <laughs> another noun and noun book. Flesh and Fire. <laughs> another noun and noun book. Um... Cassie, another Cassie or Casey, I'm not sure. Um, she says, not a fan. I lost interest in the first book, but stuck it out through the second. I started the, th the third, but just couldn't do it. I told my sister to give me the details when she finished the series. I gave it a good try, uh, but it just got redundant after a while. I love fantasy, paranormal, romance, and YA. This should have been a winner for me, but it's lacking. That's surprising to me that those are like your thing and this one didn't do it for you. Um, but that's fair. Everyone has their opinion. Yep. Shannon says, first, let me start by congratulating myself for finishing this. Congratulations, Shannon. Uh, long books are not for me, and I think for the most part, fantasy romance just isn't for me either. I find the world building confusing, and often the romance is lost in the story. However, I really enjoyed the writing from Jennifer Armentrout. I was very much drawn into Poppy's character and her relationship with Hawk, but when the story twists, it was such a letdown. There is no HEA here, just a to be continued, and after 612 pages, I want a solid HEA. <laughs> there is no romance here. There is just lust. This book would have definitely benefited from a dual POV. I think that the dual POV would have given away too much too soon. Yeah. I mean, we all kind of saw the twist coming, but... It would have been even worse with the dual POV. Well, and um, I think it would have been even more world building because, you know, it's like mom was saying the way it is, it's um, kind of like the layers are revealed, but that would have just been dump, 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 dump. Because we'd have to understand where he was coming from. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth says, it looks like I'm, the I'm in the minority here because I really enjoyed this book. Yes, the beginning is a bit of a drag and there was a lot of information dumped onto the reader to understand the world, but I really liked this book. This was more a like than a love, but I really liked this book and will probably continue with the series. Um, Elizabeth, you're with us, so mm -hmm. you're not 
I mean, you're you, we are in the minority, it seems like, but... Um, At least among our readers. I have a feeling other people are reading it or she wouldn't have drug it out for six books. Yeah. Uh, Juliet says, I read this book at the end of 2020 and have since read four more in the series, so I'm not going to say much plot-wise because I don't want to spoil for those who want to continue. Originally, I loved this book. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of romance, but also adore fantasy romances because the stakes are always higher. Since my first read, I have fallen out of love with it, but still really like the series. I think the Jennifer L. Armantrout is super creative and built quite an interesting world, and I love the romance journey between the main characters. However, I constantly notice quality errors in all of her work. I know that she is an indie author, and I can respect that, but if I can blatantly notice errors on the first read, I would think her editor slash proofreader would spot the typos too. Book four of the series came out a few weeks ago, and I am working on getting through that one right now. I will continue reading the series th through its completion and began the sister series as well. Although the quality can sometimes be frustrating, I overall appreciate her stories and voice. Um, I usually, I mean, I didn't I, notice I, that many. I skimmed, typos. I skimmed a lot, but I usually notice a lot of typos, and I didn't notice. I didn't notice. I'm, I do. I mean, I've noticed a couple, but I've read books where there's been, like, it took me out of the book because there were so many. I've read some, and they're by like big publishers, and I'm like, what the hell is going on, guys? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I noticed a couple just where word usage and that kind of stuff was wrong, and you could just tell it was, you know, a computer didn't pick up on it, kind of thing. Yeah. But um. It, it wasn't, uh, maybe one or two. I didn't really notice very many. But yeah, I've read some books where I'm like, wow, did anyone even really look at this book before it was published? <laughs> no. I always want to like, I'm like, is there someone I can email? Yeah, you guys need to check this. <laughs> um, and then our final comment from Kate, I might be too late for the podcast. Nope, because we always record super late on the night before. Uh, <laughs> but just wanted to throw in my thought anyway. It's been almost a year and a half since I read this one, but I remember being confused as hell while I did read it. The world building is a lot. However, I really loved the last 25% of the book, and I did read the next two in the series when they came out. The fourth one just came out, and I probably won't be picking that one up. This definitely feels like a book for the more hardcore fantasy reader, not for those who just dabble in fantasy for the fun romance plots, a.k.a. me. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts, though. And that's from Kate. Um, so, bit of a mixed bag. Bit of a mixed bag. Especially when you throw us into the mix. Because <laughs> we, we're on one side and most of you are on the other side. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, though, that there's, like, a lot of people that have read on in the series and like the books less now. I liked, I liked as more is revealed because it's, it becomes, well, I wouldn't say it becomes less confusing. It becomes more confusing in a lot of ways, but, um, more intricate, more, yeah, the story becomes more intricate, more intertwined with stuff. And, um, I really got to keep reading cause I got to figure out what's happening cause there's stuff that it leaves you like not knowing, like what is going on here? And I want to know what that is. Yeah. So I'm going to keep reading these 700-page books. <laughs> um, I probably won't, I know if I'm won't. being honest. I, but you're going to ask me what's, what happens. Yeah, I probably will. Well, I read some stuff, and I'll talk to you about I, it after. <laughs> when I, I don't know if I want you to tell me anything. Mm. <laughs> um, but, yes, I, I mean, based on first book and, you know, for me, second book as well, I, I like the series. I like all the intense world building, and, um, and I think... I don't even think, I think her world building is still accessible enough, because I've read other fantasy where I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys. Well, it, it will spend pages and pages just explaining stuff, and yeah. it's like, just get me into the story. I, yeah. I just want story. And I think this book does a good job of that, where it gets you into the story, and then kind of just reveals some of the world building as you go, yeah. and then changes it all at the end. Yeah, like I've read books that are way more exposition dumping, dumping than this is, um, but I can also see why it's... Not everybody's cup yeah. of tea. Yeah. Um, and so, those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on From Blood and Ash by Jennifer L. Armentrout. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 11th, we'll be chatting about Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon. 
Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Thank you.